Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh whatever is out there download it it's freaking phenomenal you guys won't regret it take care ciao What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the long-awaited return of Sideshow Conversations. It's your host with the most, Val Cisco, and I kind of got to get this off my chest before we get started with the, with the advertised content that I have here. Um, I want to thank you first and foremost for tuning in to me right now as we speak. I know it's been about almost about a month since I last recorded anything, and... Um, you know, it's been a, a whirlwind of emotions for the last month, you know, whether it be me moving from another place, um, whether it be just different connections gone and lost in my life, whether it be professionally or personally. It's been uh, it's been a little crazy, but um, I've been hearing people say, you know, hey, you got to get back in and you got to start recording again. And a lot of it has to do with pride. Um, you know, pride's a horrible thing. You know, it, it can stop you, it can unmotivate you. And um, I can say for the last month that um, I had a lot of pride working against me. And um, it's tough. But at the end of the day, you know, sometimes you need a little inspiration to kind of pick you back from where you're at or if you're on the floor, what have you. And um, I think that's what happened. You know, over the last month I've been hearing, you know, X, Y, and Z say, hey, you gotta get back on the mic again, you know, hey, this came out, hey, you missed this, hey, you missed that, and, um, 
casually, I'd just be like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. And for those who have motivated me and wanted me to record again and know that I have a passion for this, I do thank you, everybody. Um, it means the world to me to know that um, my ver- my voice is, I guess, heard, that um, you guys like what I do. And even though I get silly and crazy and uh, off topic sometimes, you guys do appreciate it. And it means a lot to me. Um, so... With that being said, I'm going to do my due diligence to be more proactive with this podcast, to go back to how things were before, to grind, to um, keep on pushing forward because in this day and age, you know, life's too short. That cliche saying, life is too short, but it is. And, you know, the next moment, you know, may be your last, I guess, not to go too dark, but it's true these days. And at the end of the day, you need to live your life. You know, live your life each day. Uh, live your best life, you know. doesn't matter what anybody else says or how anybody else feels about you. Live your best life according to your standards. And if you yourself appreciate what you can do in this world, no one can stop you. With that being said, let's get down to the advertised content. And the reason that I'm actually doing this again, and this is a, a movie by the way, this segment is nothing to watch. <laughs> and um, if people are tuning into this for the first time, nothing to watch is basically a uh, segment that I like to do about movies, shows, things, whether it be um, movie releases, Netflix, Hulu, TV, what have you. If people just kind of pass by it and, you know, not really care for it. And, you know, maybe it's a rainy day and it's uh, it's uh, a boring day. And you're like, you know what? I have nothing to watch. Well, Hopefully, by listening to this podcast, it inspires you to check something out, whether it's a movie, show, what have you. So um, now that I explained that in a half-assed way, I guess, um, this movie gave me the inspiration to do this again. And um, it's it's been on my radar since last year. And I remember I kept on saying to myself, I'm going to see this movie. And my daughter wanted to see this movie. You know, my daughter's 14. She's going to be 14 this month. And... You know, she kept on saying, Dad, we got to see this. You know, you love musicals. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but we're going to get to it. And just, you know, from December till now, it's been just a crazy, crazy couple of months, as I said before. And I just didn't give the time and day. And I really wish I had. But then again, you know, things happen for a reason. And maybe I was just meant to see it now to give me the inspiration to push forward. And um, it's a musical starting... Um, Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, you know, uh, so many names are in this movie, and um, it's a film directed by Michael Gracie, Uh, it's The Greatest Showman, and like I said, I've been knowing about this film for the past, I want to say maybe two years, I knew it was in production, I knew it was going to be a biopic slash musical, and I was just very, 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 uh, I guess, thrilled for the idea that we were going to get a musical based on uh, P.T. Barnum. Um, and if people don't know who P.T. Barnum is, um, co-creator of Barnum and Bailey Circus, you know, those from the East Coast, um, from New York side, from the you know Philadelphia side, Connecticut, you know, that Barnum and Bailey, you know, the Ringling Brothers have been like a big thing for the East Coast. And um, yeah, so um, to say that I was... Excited, uh, I, I I don't know, maybe that's just um, cutting it short a bit, because I was waiting for this movie, and 
And the because of the fact that you had Hugh Jackman, who, if you haven't seen Les Mis, see Les Mis, he, his voice is incredible. Um, you know, you have Zac Efron, you have Zendaya, who have great chemistry in this movie as well, too, but great voice acting as well. You know, their, their contributions to uh, television and, you know, children wanting to be singers and actors um, is... Uh, without question, one of the best things we had in, in I guess, mid-2000s going into now. You have actors seeing Zac Efron and Zendaya on TV, doing musical specials on the Disney Channel, and to see where they are now in their lives. It's just, ah, I, they, they both scream Oscar-worthy in the next five years. Quote me on that, because they have it. They have that special something. Anyway, Greatest Showman. You know, came out in 2017, American music film directed by Michael Gracie, as I said, in his directorial, directorial debut. Sorry, everybody. I might be a little nervous. It's been a while since I did, I've done this, and um, yeah, uh, probably not the, the best vow you remember, but I'm going to do my due diligence to be better here. Um, yes, yeah, so directorial debut written by Jenny Bix and Bill Condon. And starring, of course, Hugh Jackman as P.T. Barnum, Zac Efron, who plays a character based on, um, I want to say, a, a Bailey's character, James Anthony's Bailey's character, but it's not really him. Um, it's uh, Philip Carlyle. Um, so basically, uh, they're, they're kind of not writing Bailey out of the film, but giving their own spin on the character, I guess. it's. Let me just say, when I said a biopic... It's a very, very, very loose adaptation of P.T. Barnum's life. Um, it's very sensationalized. Um, so if you're looking for, like, a real down-gritty biopic of P.T. Barnum, this is not where you're going to find it. You probably go on YouTube and find some awesome specials about sideshow attractions um, based on Barnum's activities throughout that time. But this movie just uh, kind of gives you the sensation of how P.T. Barnum grew up um, in, with uh, meager beginnings and um, ultimately rising to power but never really accepting his fame and fortune and always wanting more. And um, yeah, uh, it, it does have his flaws, I will say this. This movie is played with flaws, you know, it got a 50% rating in Rotten Tomatoes. So it's a very um, mixed reaction of a movie. But at the end of the day, it's a fun movie. Like I said, the, the film is inspired by the story of P.T. Barnum's creation of the Barnum and Bailey Circus and the lives of the stars and attractions of that era. Um, you know, based in New York City, um, the film premiered December 8th, 2017. And, uh, yeah, um, by 20th Century Fox, it's grossed about $427 million worldwide, making it the fifth highest grossing live-action musical of all time. So, that's saying something there. Um, although it has its critics and mixed reactions and mixed reviews, it, it holds a special place in the live-action musical, I guess, um, movie special of it all. In the world these days, and you know when you have the likes of you know um, La La Land that came out last year, and you know movies of the past as well, two adaptations of Phantom of the Opera, Les Mis, things of that nature. You know to have this as the fifth is saying something. Um, Greatest Showman received mixed reviews, with praise 
for performances, music, and production values. But the criticism for its artistic license was some of the reviewers calling it a fucks, inspiring, and shallow of a movie. At the 75th Golden Globe Awards, the film received nominations for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, and Best Actor, Musical, or Comedy for Jackman. For the song This Is Me, the film won the Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song and was nominated for Best Original Song in the 90th Academy Awards. So, already it has nominations up the, you know, <laughs> all the way up to the, to the highest part of the 10th right there if you want to talk about big top circus acts. Um, it, the music is what saves this movie. Like I said, uh, the biggest criticism is, is for the fact that this movie relies on like I guess the lore of P.T. Barnum but it's the music just the, the original music is just beautiful it, it it absorbs chemistry it 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 leaves you with something there's not a lot of movies out there or musicals out there that leave you with a long lasting impression the last time I guess a musical or a movie left this kind of impression on me was La La Land last year and um, to this day I still hum the songs and sing the songs and now looking at the greatest showman it it, it just gives me that 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 smile I guess that that happiness that um all the songs are pretty catchy all the songs mean something they mean something personal to me I mean um at the beginning of this podcast with that um first introduction of the greatest show um I only played just a bit of it but it's just so vibrant and so expressive already with the stomps and the cheering and the adulation and just the people screaming whoa it's just you feel like something big is coming and it is the movie thrives on its music uh, every song in this in this movie means something a million dreams resonates to me of just um um, always trying to shoot for something different, or maybe seeing something better, and wanting to give, give so much more to this world. And even though we have, I guess, not ulterior motives, but we have our own personal desires, we still want to give more. It means something to me. Um, come alive. Um, it, it's almost like a like a religious song. You feel. Um, um, captivated by just wanting to break out and break out of your your rut if you're in a in a bad mood or if you're if you're stuck somewhere or you just feel like emotionally spiritually um, that physically that you're just trapped it breaks you out of it um, you know the other side uh, of just releasing yourself <laughs> and going into the world taking risks you know this podcast is a risk you know the people I've introduced to podcasting and the woes and the trials and tribulations that I've had, relationships I've had, means so much to that song there, the other side. Um, Never Enough. Um, That song itself, you know, the first time I heard it, I almost cried. I'll say it. I don't care. I'm a man enough to say I I could cry at a musical. I did it La La Land. I don't give a damn what anybody thinks about me. But um, Never Enough is just having everything that you ever wanted and still feel like you need more, and you're going to try to get more when you should be just enjoying the simple things in life. You know, there's so many songs in this. There's so many moments in these songs that make you just believe. And like I said in the beginning of this podcast, um, this movie made me believe again to do this. Um, 
and hopefully you guys are enjoying it. <laughs> you know, I'm rambling right now. I'm going to different places. I'll try to be a little bit more structured right now. But I'm just, I guess, uh, I'm so emotional on doing this again and maybe why this movie gave me that 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 love for speaking to you guys about film again or just about anything again. Um, so, yes, um, the film, you know, Hugh Jackman playing P.T. Barnum, great. You know, I, at times I feel like he could have gave a little bit more into his performance. Um, but the same token, like, he plays a great P.T. Barnum. Like, he definitely feels like the greatest showman. He definitely feels like the ringmaster in this whole movie. It revolves around him. Yes, there are central characters around there. At the same token, he, he, he gives you this inside look on someone who begins at, at, a, at, at a meager lifestyle, stealing food off the streets, being a beggar. And just having an idea to be better, driving himself to get an office job and risking it all just to have a, uh, a sideshow attraction of a show. You know, um, you believe everything he says. Even when he talks to the characters, he sounds convincing. You know, every person, every interaction he has, you see that they're changed some way. And you can see that every song uh, as well, too. It's basically a conversation that starts. Uh, I mean... When you look at one of the first songs, um, uh, A Million Dreams, it's just, um, I guess, Barnum as a child talking to his, his soon-to-be wife in the future, of course, and letting him know that, yeah, he's poor, but he has dreams that, that make him rich inside, and she sees that. She's captivated as, as, um, as a child, as a teenager, and, of course, into their adult life, and um, you see her as well, too. She's very... She comes from a very wealthy family as well, too. You know, um, it's not that, you know, she, see, she sees him as, you know, the best friend of it all. She sees him as someone who has ambition and dreams, but also is genuine. And, um, you know, it's, that's awesome. That's awesome to see. Michelle Williams is her name. Um, she plays Charity, um, the wife of P.T. Barnum. And um, her performance as well, too. She has great chemistry with Hugh Jackman. Um... There's their scenes are just dancing together, and the choreography is just phenomenal. There's parts where they're just on a, on a Bronx rooftop and just, you know, catching each other. And every dance number that they have, it, it shows the trust and the love that they have for each other. And it means so much to have that connection start up in the beginning of the movie because of the fact that you know he was going to take you, Barnum was going to take you on a, on a, on a ride, basically. Uh, on a quintessential ride, I guess. Uh, and um, we start off um, him losing his job, and uh, he's in an office job. He never really liked it anyway. He has children, and even his children remind him that, you know, you need to shoot for your dreams, Dad, just like my daughter does. You know, this movie, as you see, resonates to me a lot. Um, you see that because of the fact that his children remind him there's to to do something different, to, to be the different creative mind that he always was, um, that he is. He goes out there, you know, he, he's already a fraud, you know, he loses his job, his, his company goes out of business, and he, he s sells, like, shares of his company, even though it's out of business, to um, a, a bank, and they give him a loan to rent out a hall, and he, this hall is basically driving in people to see SciShow attractions. And you see him going around, um, finding different kind of, I guess, I want to say, not sideshow attractions, but interesting people, as he calls them. <laughs> um, 
the biggest one, and I probably am going to mess up her name. If I do, I apologize. Kayla uh, Settle, or Seidel, probably Kayla Settle. She plays um, Letty Lutz. She's a bearded lady. Um, and a lot of these are real characters as well, too. You can look them up as well, too. Um, she plays a bearded lady. And you see her in this, uh, I guess, freak show of, I guess, uh, of not like a brothel, but a woman's place, an establishment as well, too. And and he takes her from that. And the conversation he has with her says, you know, you know, with the song Other Side, um, you know, come alive. You see her tranced in what he's saying. Like, yes, it doesn't matter how big you are, if you have hair in your face or, you know, you have a voice and that voice means so much um, to me as a person that, yes, your attraction is awesome, but that's what's going to lure people to hear you sing. And she sees this and that's the first attraction that he accumulates in his um uh, I guess his sideshow, you want to say. Um, there's so many other people, you know, the the quintessential, you know, the person who swallows, you know, knives, you know, um, the lizard man, the tattooed freak, um, the, the um, I want to say midget and carny talk, but, you know, little person as well, too. You know, he's given everybody ideas, not just to sell them on their, um, I guess, physical, um, not disfigurements, but anomalies, but to also see what talents they have. I mean, of course, like like you see, um, Hila's um, talent, she can sing, she can belt it, you hear it, and this is me. You hear how much uh, of a force she is, and it's just awe-inspiring. So yes, he, you know, he's a traveling businessman, you know, he has, um, he's world-renowned for, at this point of, of, I guess, the freak show, the first ever freak show, if you want to say, that's really like, I guess, captivating an audience. I'm not to say it was the first freak show, but it was one that was actually turned into show business as he created it. And he's looking for investors, and he's looking to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's when you see Zac Efron's character, who is the Bailey character. And, you know, he's hesitant, he's young, he's rich, and he likes to hang out with the social elites. And that's what P.T. Barnum wants. He wants to be part of the elite. Yes, he has a show. Yes, it's making money. Yes, it's making rent of you. But the same token, he wants to be respected by the peers, you know, by Charity's father, by the people who are smug, that look down on the poor and the the ones that I can't, um, I guess, have $100 to their name. You know, it, it means a lot to me as well, too. You want to be respected by those people who have a lot more um, than you do. You just want to be at that same level. So, again, I could see myself in that movie. Um, he finally makes that deal with Zac Efron, you know, convinces him, you know, you know, tells him a story to join him in this ride, to let loose and just forget about everybody else's feelings toward the bourgeoisie and kind of be in, in cap, I guess, I, I don't even know the word to say, just to surround himself in this risk. And it is a risk. It is, you know, you're being part of a, a sensationalized freak show. And, you know, they, they take their show nationwide, you know, uh, to the point where he's getting critic reviews. And critics, you know, fans love it, but critics hate it because it's they see him as a fraud, just someone who's, you know, getting by by having freaks come out and uh, pay his bills, basically. So now he's obsessed. Um, now he's obsessed just to prove the critics wrong. So he goes over, overseas and he's looking for new acts for his his show. It's uh like I said, it's very sensationalized. <laughs> it, it's, it doesn't really um, cover all the bad stuff that P.T. Barnum has done, but 
it goes into um to let's see here going into Rebecca Ferguson's character which is it's it's crazy because um she she's the one that um sings never enough is a character when he goes overseas looking for new I guess uh, new potential for his act he sees her and he's just smitten by her beauty she's a beautiful character Rebecca Ferguson and um he's um He's basically alerted that she's uh, the Swedish nightingale. She has the best voice in all Switzerland, and um, her voice does not compare to anybody else. And you can look her up as well, too. Um, Jenny Lynn, she's actually a real Swedish singer, the Swedish nightingale in the 19th century, you know, performed all over Europe. And he takes an investment on her, lures her into the United States as well, too, saying, you think you're big in Europe, without even hearing her sing, you think you're big in Europe, imagine how great you could be in the West. And he lures her to the United States and has her perform in this Madison Square Garden-esque theater in New York, and she blows everybody away with the song Never Enough. And you see, in that moment, in that moment, I fell in love with this movie. Um, you see his reaction to her singing. It's this relief that she can actually belt it out in English first. So that was one. And then you see how, how much money he can make off of this woman. And you see the stars just lining up in his, in like one of those like cartoons, you see the stars just all over his eyes. He knows that he's found gold. And not, not caring that, you know, he has a loving wife and two beautiful children and a lucrative business with the freak show. You know, he's seeing that he wants more and more and more and more. And you even get a point where he's looking at her, uh, not by like a, a love loving way, but just more of like, I guess, he sees his meal ticket even further. His wife takes a glance and you see his wife been there since like thick and thin, the poorest and the richest now. Seeing his reaction to her, you feel the tension. It's just, oh, you can cut off a butter knife and it just, uh, it just take, uh, it's, it's, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. Words cannot explain it. Uh, I wish I could do a better job. Like I said, it's been a while since I reviewed anything and I do appreciate you guys. If you're still listening to this, thank you, I guess. <laughs> um, I will slow down next time. I'll be a little bit more prepared with things, but I feel like I need to get this out of my system. Um, so yeah, like we get that character and it, from there, it's just a roller coaster ride of emotions. Um, it, uh, him being part of the bourgeoisie now, uh, forgetting about where he came from, his roots, uh, forgetting about the freak show and wanting to be part of the bourgeoisie. You know, the, the, I guess the love triangle he has with Charity and Jenny is just strong as well, too. Very subtle. Uh, small part, maybe, maybe three minutes, five minutes of the movie, but it means so much to the character development. Um, yeah, it's a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, I I want to go more into it. There's so much other stuff to to talk about in this movie. Um, let's just talk about the bad stuff. I feel like there's not enough character development besides PT. Um, even though it is PT's movie, uh, I feel that you know when you look at the bearded lady, when you look at Zac Efron's character trying to fall in love with Zendaya, being um, a white aristocrat trying to fall in love with. A black performer at the time, you know, in the the early 1900s, how taboo that was, and there's parts where you see him and Zendaya just uh, walking down the street, and you know, people glance at them with dirty faces, saying, "You know, why are you with the help?" And you feel that tension, but not enough to say, "Oof, 
Like, there's parts of it that are, like, mm, cringy, but at the same time, you want them to push the envelope just a little bit more. They have chemistry. They do. Their duet is beautiful as well, too. I just feel like that could have been pushed a little bit more than it was. Um, um, I think they they did not give enough to Charity's um, performance as well, too. Uh, her and the children were just great as well, two additions to PT's life and the character building, but I felt like there could have been a little bit more to those characters, a little bit more fleshed out. Um, Kila or Kayla, uh, if I'm botching her name, I apologize again. I feel like um, the beer lady, she was an afterthought as soon as you saw... Um, as soon as you saw Rebecca Ferguson's performance, um, belting up that never, never be enough song, I felt like it, it, it just, it was, she was forgotten, even though she has, you know, the hit single, this is me after this, uh, after that performance, I didn't feel that tension that I want to, because in the beginning, P.T. Barnum wanted her not for the beard aspect, but just for her voice. And I felt like now seeing the performance of Rebecca Ferguson, you would think there would be like jealousy or animosity, but there wasn't. There was just like adulation and respect, I guess, as a peer. And she didn't get that. I wanted more, you know, just not rage, but just, you know, her being furious. Because that would have made that song, This Is Me, even more. It would just... um spoke volumes and I felt like her character wasn't as fleshed out as it should have been as well too so yeah there are problems with this movie the narrative is too sensationalized it's like everything is they make PT great even the part where you see that little love triangle between him um, Jenny and Charity it's kind of dropped within like five minutes it's like oops my bad I really didn't do anything but I kind of did things can you forgive me and it's like all forgiven so you know if you look back in the life of P.T. Barnum it's it's not as rose-colored as this movie is uh, depicting it as I feel that um uh, if you want an authentic biopic, you go on YouTube. There's plenty of them as well, too, on the History Channel. But uh, it does sensationalize the freak show aspect of it all and um, everything that P.T. Barnum has, has done positively, but doesn't show anything negative. That kind of kills the film a little bit because, you know, Hugh Jackman's a likable character, but, you know, you kind of got to throw a little bit of shade on him so you can feel that, that rise from, from him falling to come back up. I felt like he didn't learn enough. He didn't learn a lesson hard enough to have that great of an ending for everybody to forgive him. But I digress. Um, to me, like I said, what saves this movie is the music. You can buy the CD and not even watch the movie and know what this movie is about. Um, everything. The score is just phenomenal. Um, even looking at um, the special features of The Greatest Showman, there's parts where you see behind the scenes of how, these, how this was made. And I, I don't care about the aspects of, of New York City and the old-timey Brooklyn Bridge and things of that nature. That, I, I didn't care so much about that. I see so many movies out there that give me that old New York kind of look, that vintage look from the 1900s, and I don't need that. What I loved about this movie, the special features, was the recording studio. Um the performances, the first performances that they do, and they belt it out. It's so strong. Um, there's um, so many special features. You can look them on YouTube, too. You don't need to buy the, the Blu-ray or DVD to see them. Uh, one of my favorite ones is Hugh Jackman. When um, um, the director, Michael Gracie, you know, contacts Hugh Jackman, you know, at the time, he gets hired. He's supposed to fly down and 
um, be with everybody and, you know, show what he could bring to the table. But he was actually going to cancer treatment and he had a cancer, I guess, um, tumor cut out of his face. And he's okay, but the same token, he had that cut out. The doctor specifically said you can't do a performance right now for a couple of months or maybe weeks. I could be exaggerated on that part, but I think it was a month or so that he couldn't, wasn't able to sing. And the director said, you know, don't say anything. Just come down. Be there for moral support. And you see the song From Now On. And that song makes me cry, too, because I've made so many mistakes in my life. So many mistakes that... um. I'm still paying for it till today, whether it be, you know, not being the best brother, friend, family member, uh, sometimes father, sometimes son, you know, so many mistakes that um, I carry on my back that that song really, I hate to say the word over and over again, but it resonates with me. Uh, it, it broke me down. And to see him listening to the song and then playing piano and you have the background choir just, you know, humming it. And you have a stand-in just singing it. And he stops the standing and just starts singing it himself. And you feel... You, you have a sense that he's feeling what you're feeling. You're feeling what he's feeling. And the song moves you. And it lifts you up toward the middle where the choir is singing with him. Because they, they're hearing him sing for the first time live, essentially. And it's just a celebration Everybody's singing, you know, and not, not just the people playing in the chorus or the piano player or the voice coach. Everybody in that room is singing and people are crying. And there's so much emotion in that that you can see how much they love this movie, how much they invested in this movie. Yes, it's sensationalized, but the music is what carries you. Hell, got nominations for an Academy Award and a, won a Golden Globe. So it means so much that they had so much heart into this. Um, Kayla's character as well, too. Kayla, Kayla. Um, when you hear her sing, This Is Me first, you know, they once again, they have her in that room. This is before even Hugh sings. And he's hearing Kayla for the first time. And you see how amazed... But we won't even get to that. You see her, she comes out, and she's singing. She's very timid because she's nervous. You see how nervous she is um, in this room full of actors and voice specialists and choirs. And, you know, she's singing and she comes to the middle. And you hear her voice cracking because she's so nervous. And there's a part where she grabs Hugh's hand. And Hugh kind of starts crying. And she starts crying, and she belts it out, and you feel every ounce of emotion from her. I, I'm telling everybody out there, try to find these special features on YouTube because they're inspirational. They are so inspirational. If you're having a bad day, if you feel like the world's turning on you, if you feel like there's nothing enough, or you feel like maybe you can't get on with that day, watch that. Because it will take you from 0 to 100 real quick. And it'll make you feel larger than life. That's what music does. That's why I love musicals. That's why I love what I do. It, it's, it's all inspiring. And it takes over your body like no one else can imagine. I digress. Those are like the best parts to me. Looking at the music. Looking behind the scenes of the music. The inspirations. What they do. What they did. What they went through to make this movie. That was inspiring to me. So yes, um, mixed review. It's it could have been more. I, I left it the first time watching it. 
wanting more. But the same token, I kept on hearing the music, and I forgave um, the plot holes and the sins, the the P.T. Barnum sensational stories, and things of that nature, and the not fully fledged characters, to what the music gave, and the performances, and the choreography, and everything involved in this production. It made me feel like, yeah, it, it, it could be a five star, well, a five out of ten to most critics, but to me, I could give it a good solid eight because it means so much to me. It made me do this again. It made me say, you know what? I can forgive a lot that's happened and forgive myself for a lot that's happened in my personal life and continue to be the best person I can be and love unconditionally and want to be better and want to do better and accept my flaws, accept anybody else's flaws, and continue to be the best person. And um, I thank this movie. I thank everybody who, who has faith in me to do this stuff. So, yeah, that's really my review of this movie. It's, it, to me, it is The Greatest Showman. Did I want a little bit more? Yeah. So, yeah, I give it like a, maybe an 8 out of 10. Um, while maybe most people may give it a 5, I'll give it an 8 because I absolutely adore the music. And most of the performances as well, too. It resonated to me in a level where most people... I guess, can't see it, but I do. And um, I really wish all of you could go out of your way and try to find this movie and watch it and see if you see what I saw because it's remarkable. Anyways, um, that's enough of me rambling. Um, I know I'm going to be doing a lot more these days. Um, I'm going to be doing this, Sideshow Conversations, try to work out Pop 5 somehow still, try to work on some anime stuff. Um, I'm also just still doing the wrestling podcast, Elite Wrestling Audio for pro wrestling uh, reviews and talk and uh, spoilers and all that good stuff as well too. So I'm getting back into the groove again and trying to be the the best me as possible. Um, and I do thank everybody out there, whether it's two people or ten people or a hundred people that listen. Um, thank everybody. Thank you everybody for wanting me to do this. And uh, I can promise you that I'm going to get better. <laughs> I can promise you that um, I'm going to be better than I was before. And I'm going to try to do my best to be the best Val that I can be. And, yeah, thank you, everybody, again. What I'm going to try to do is I'm going to leave off with a nice little song that um, I love in this movie. And hopefully you guys, too. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Follow me, um, Val Cisco on Instagram. I'm going to try to be more Instagram heavy. Um, the Twitter, Val Cisco, Uncandy underscore V. Um, Facebook page, Sideshow Conversations. Going to go ahead and try to, you know, boost that up again and try to be the best, I guess, host that I can be as well, too. And thank you again. I can't say that enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you um, for lifting my spirits. And um, hopefully, as I get better in this, you guys come to see more than what I'm showing right now. Hopefully you guys get to see the real me. So thank you again. God bless. Have a great one. Later.